Do you ever struggle to picture what it would have been like living in biblical times? Today's conversation with Carrie Bartkus talks all about how we can use imaginative prayer to put ourselves in these Bible stories and learn from these people that are in scripture. They are real people with real stories and we get to step into that. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. My name is Eva Kabashik and this is Bible study made simple. Have you ever felt intimidated or confused by the Bible? Or maybe you've started studying the Bible before, but haven't found a way to incorporate it into your regular routine. The Bible study made simple podcast is here to help you move from intimidated and confused to confident and joyful in your approach to scripture and to help you find a routine that sticks. The goal isn't checking off a box perfectly, but instead our goal is an intimate connection with the God of the Bible, plus having tons of fun along the way. If you are looking for a simple way to regularly get in God's word, grab a copy of the Simple Bible Study Journal, now in hardcover, on Amazon. This journal will walk you step-by-step through studying any passage of scripture all while keeping it simple. Seeing far too many people go through hardship alone, Carrie Barkus became determined to show up and be present when those around her were hurting. Through her work at Love Does That, she serves as a spiritual director to hurting Christian women, but she uses a modern-day letter-writing approach perfect for those drawn to quiet spaces and written words. Let's chat with Carrie. Hi, Carrie. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, so my name is Carrie, and I am the owner and founder of Love Does That, where I work as a spiritual director for women who are going through seasons of grief or depression or fear or anxiety or any of those hard seasons in life where you just need someone, you need that safe and sacred space just to voice those concerns and doubts before God and just try to figure out what in the world is going on. Like, what is he trying to do right now? Where is he moving? I also offer some sympathy gifts and different retreats and resources like that on the website. And then I'm a mama and a wife. And so I've got my family here at home and uh, just really enjoy spending time with them and hanging out together. Oh, that's so fun. And so I was actually on your podcast earlier this month. And so it's so fun to get to talk with you on my podcast as well. So (laughs) your podcast, let's encourage one another. And so, um, but you are love does that on Instagram and other places as well. So, so fun. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your current Bible study routine. Sure. So I will say off the bat that it changes as seasons change. Like absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So currently what it looks like is normally it's as soon as kids are out of the house and husbands maybe is at work. And I actually have like a moment to myself. Mm -hmm. That is when I sit down to read because it's really hard for me to focus when I've got everybody running around or asking for this or that. And so it's, it's once I have that quiet moment and I can like sit down and breathe, (laughs) that I open up my Bible and read a chapter or two. It's kind of, it depends on the day and what's going on right now. I am reading through the book of Daniel because we've been going through that in our Sunday school class. 
and getting ready to move into Ezra. And so those are kind of the two books I'm camping out in. And sometimes I just read for a chapter and like make little notes in the margins. And sometimes I use a practice called imaginative prayer, where I'm just really trying to enter to the story and figure out you know, what was this really like for them to go through this? And, and how does that relate to me and what I'm going through today? And so that's kind of what it looks like right now. Every now and then I do really deep dive Bible study, but most of the time it's just that reading and just taking notes and and really trying to connect the dots of what do I know and, and how am I building on that? Okay. This is hilarious. I just started Daniel this morning and I'm moving into Ezra. Sorry. Uh, no way. I know. (laughs) I just planned out my Bible reading for the next month. And I I'm like sitting here, like jaw dropped while you say this, like, no way. That's exactly what I'm doing right now too. Awesome. We are going to have to chat about what we're learning. (laughs) I know. I know. I actually was taking some notes this morning on Daniel chapter two. There were some things that I don't know that I've ever noticed before. It's a story that's camped out right um, in between two really popular, like Sunday school Bible stories. Mm -hmm. And so I just had, I don't know. I'd never noticed it before. So anyway, that's beside the point. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I'll note too. Um, one of the things that was new to a lot of people in Sunday school class and to me too, when I first learned it, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, he was like 80 some years old. We don't think of him that way. We think of him as some young dude who was strong and stuff, but no, he was in his eighties and he was still faithful. And I love that. Oh, that is so cool. Can you imagine like your grandpa being thrown into a lion's den? Right. No, thank you. (laughs) I'd be so mad. Such an encouragement, like to us, yeah. though, like to see how faithful he was. Yes, God's got me. That is crazy. I love it. So cool. Okay, so you mentioned something that's a part of your study routine called imaginative prayer. Now, I honestly had never heard of this before you, so I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about what is this imaginative prayer and how you use that to really connect with God. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a new term for a lot of people and it's actually known by a few different names. So I call it imaginative prayer because to me, that seems less intimidating. (laughs) Um, It's perhaps known more traditionally as Ignatian prayer or Ignatian contemplation. And really it's all about meeting God through stories, specifically stories in scripture. And so what we're doing is as we read a Bible story, which is true, right? We believe what's, what's in the Bible is true. These are real people going through real things. And so what we try to do is just invite God and ask him to use our imaginations to see what's really taking place in the story. And so I found that a lot of times, you know, we've been taught to use our minds to study and to reason, which is good. Like that is absolutely one reason God has given us our minds. But he's also given us our minds to be creative and imaginative and use those for his purposes. And so, yes, we can come to God's word and study it and research it and do all the word studies that I love that. But I also love just coming to it as a story and trying to imagine what was this like for the person who was going through it. Sometimes that looks like you're just kind of standing off in the background, like watching it unfold in front of you. Sometimes it means like you kind of enter it into the story as one of the characters and just what would have it felt like? to be that person standing in front of Jesus or going through this or experiencing that. And I know that sounds weird to a lot of people when they first hear it, like they're like, "Mm, 
I'm not sure, like, I don't want to be putting stuff in the text that's not there or they doubt things like that. But I have found that when we ask God to help us with that, he will guide us and, and not let us get like way out of line. Like he's going to guide our imaginations and our thinking. And I've actually found this is something I do pretty naturally when I'm reading books, right? As I read a story, as I read a fiction, a novel, you know, I, I'm reading it and I am, it's almost like I become the character, like whatever she's experiencing, I'm experiencing whatever she's feeling, I'm feeling. And I just, it's almost like doing that and letting God use that as we read his word. And so I love to use that because it just adds depth to what I'm reading. And it really helps me connect with God in that different way. Oh, that's so interesting. You know, now that you're kind of talking about this a little bit more, my dad used to always say, read the Bible in color. So, so mm-hmm. like put the senses in there, put the feelings yes. in there, put, we used to say, use your holy imagination. And so I feel like, oh, that's such a yeah. combining that kind of a process with the prayerful attitude of trying to see how God is using that in your own life. Oh, that is so powerful. Do you have any examples off the top of your head for how you might use this? Yeah, I would actually like to go ahead and read a Bible passage with you guys. And then explain a couple of different maybe questions, like what it might it be like to enter into the story with that imagined prayer approach, if that would be okay. Yes, this is so fun. Yes. So one of my favorite stories to do this with is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And that is found in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll read it. And I do go ahead and invite you to ask God to use your imagination to help you see the story. Okay. And you can use what you know about Bible times, about Bible culture to just try to picture it and imagine it like basic questions, you know, what is the environment like? What is the atmosphere like? We know it's usually hot there. You know, we think of things like that. Like, what do they wear? Things like this very details, like, what do you know? And then just read it and see how he leads you in this. Okay. Mark chapter 10 verses 46 through 52. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting there beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, when I read that story, I typically fall into Bartimaeus. Like, what would it have been like to be Bartimaeus? You can't see anything. And it's been that way for who knows how long. He can only hear Jesus coming down the road. He hears this huge crowd coming and he doesn't know quite what's going on, but he hears the name of Jesus and he knows he has to jump up and and call out for him. If you were Bartimaeus, these are some of the questions that kind of come into my mind. What was it like to live in total darkness? What was it like to have to rely on the charity of others? Because you're blind. You can't take care of yourself. You can't provide for yourself. He was sitting there begging. What was it like to be in that place where he had to beg 
for the charity of others just to survive? How does it feel when people in the crowd tell you to be quiet? Like what goes on in your heart and mind when you hear that from them? And what makes you ignore their yelling and yell even louder? Like what is it that's inside of you that makes you just, you don't care what they think. You're calling out for Jesus. You know you need him. What goes through your heart and mind when Jesus asks you, what do you want me to do for you? Like when I read that story, how would I answer that question? If I was Bartimaeus standing in front of Jesus, he looks at me with that love in his eyes. And he says, what would you like me to do for you? How would I answer him? Like, what is that prayer that requests that I would speak back to him? Are you excited about it? Are you worried about it? And do you even dare voice that request to him now that you're standing face to face? Like just, those are some of the questions that come to mind. But sometimes you can also enter that story as a crowd. Like what if you're in one of those crowd, one of the members of the crowd, and you're following Jesus down this road, maybe he's teaching to you. And this blind dude starts yelling out at Jesus. Like, are you annoyed that he's interrupting Jesus and he's teaching to you? Are you disturbed by that? Are you angry? Are you one of those people yelling at Bartimaeus to be quiet? Like we are trying to hear Jesus right now and you are getting in the way. Like, is that you? Or are you one of those compassionate people who once you hear Jesus saying, bring him to me? Because, you know, Bartimaeus doesn't know where Jesus is at. He's blind. He can't see where he's at. Are you one of those compassionate people who go to Bartimaeus and help him find his way to Jesus? Like, what is your response to that? as you stand in the crowd and follow Jesus that day. And I found that, you know, as you start asking yourself these questions, God reveals so much about what's going on in your own heart. Do I get disturbed when other people interrupt my time with Jesus? Or am I compassionate? There's so many things that he reveals about what's going on inside of my heart. And so, yes, we can read the story and we can see how Jesus reached out to this blind man. He was hurting and ostracized and did a miracle for him and changed his life. But by using imaginative prayer, we can kind of enter into that story and meet God there as Bartimaeus, as one of the crowd, even just as an onlooker watching all of this unfold in front of us. And when we ask God to use those details, like he just, he can speak to us in so many different ways. Wow. That's so cool. That's such a great way of approaching scripture and engaging with God's word in a way that allows God's word to change your heart. You know, it allows God's word to, I mean, the Bible says that it is a mirror. It reveals what's there. And then we're allowing God to mold and shape the things that are pointed out that we maybe would rather were not there. You know, I mean, just like you were saying about people interrupting your Bible study time, you know, I've find that with a one-year-old that happens more days than not. Yes. And I can either get annoyed with it or I can use that as an opportunity to draw my daughter in to the time that I'm having with God and read out loud to her, or maybe she just needs someone to love on her for a little bit. And maybe that's a higher calling for that moment in time. And so, wow, that's just so powerful and such a powerful way of approaching scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I can't think of a time when I've done it, that he hasn't like just one thing hasn't popped out at me. And it's not like it has to be this huge revelation, right? It's just this ouch kind of like you see me in that and God, I need to, I need to work on that or God, I need you to help me with that or whatever. Sometimes it's just, it's that communion with people from the Bible of Bartimaeus has this huge desire, this dream of being able to see again. And sometimes we're in that place where we, we feel that too. Like there, I ask God to give me this, like just being able to relate it to different people in that way and see them as actual people. It's not just some storybook full of pretty little tales. 
these are real people experiencing Jesus and God in real ways. And the way that he interacted with them can share so much about how he interacts with us today. And, and as you said, you know, all scripture is useful for teaching us and correcting us. And yeah, just being able to come to him with that openness of heart to let him do so is really important. Oh, that's so good. And I love how you draw it back to just the, the realness of scripture, like the true history that is here of real people that really walked the earth and really encountered Jesus. I think that so often we know that in our hearts, but do we approach scripture in a way that truly embodies that? I know that I don't always, I wish I did more, but I think that that's such a powerful reminder for us in our lives and in our Bible study. Yeah. It kind of goes back to what we were saying about Daniel, like just that realization that he was 80 when he faced the lion's den, like it it changes how we see that story because we know that he hears the news that you can't worship anything, but that idol, that statue that the King set up. And yet when he hears that news, he goes right home like usual. And he prays just like normal, right in front of the window. And just, he asks God to help him. And like, he faces that as an 80 year old, you know, and and then it's just, it adds so much to the way that, that we see that story, you know? Yeah, it really, really does. So if somebody is wanting to get started with Bible study, Bible reading, imaginative prayer, do you have any tips for them on how they can just get started? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For for imaginative prayer specifically, I found it easier to start with the stories of the New Testament just because maybe that's what we're more familiar with. And I know sometimes Old Testament stuff scares people. (laughs) We don't know quite what to make of all this stuff. And there's stories that I read and I'm like, hmm. I don't know what to do with that one, God. So like sometimes New Testament is easier to start with. And so just pick a story from one of the gospels maybe, and it can be one of your favorite ones, or it can be one that you don't know very well and just kind of sit down. You're going to try to identify what you know about the setting. You know, where does the story take place? Is it inside? Is it outside? Are they at somebody's house? Like who else is around? Like just kind of take a moment and set the scene, much like you would do for a play, right? They always set the scene beforehand just kind of set and and look around and see what's going on. And then just read through the story slowly and ask God to highlight what he wants to highlight and to help you actually see it unfold in front of you the best that you can with what you know. And and I really believe that God will show you something as small or as big as it might seem like something's going to strike you differently than before. Absolutely. Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing this practice with us. I just really appreciate it. If somebody wants to follow up with you and find out more about what you do and follow you online, how could they do that? Sure. So the best place to really find me is just at my website, lovedoesthat.org. There you will find links to the podcast. Let's encourage one another and services that I offer as a spiritual director. And there's also a tab called resources where there are a bunch of free downloads that you can grab just whatever God is leading you towards stuff on journaling stuff on helping others because part of what I do is just helping those who are hurting. And so just really helping you figure out how to come alongside your friends. Well, things like that. And so everything there is free on that tab. And then I'm on both Facebook and Instagram at love does that. And you can find me there. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. We are so grateful for your time with us today and your wisdom and just pointing us to Jesus. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Bible Study Made Simple podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, would you mind leaving a five-star review? 
These reviews are so important to help more people find the podcast, and I am so grateful for every single one. I can't wait to chat again next week on Bible Study Made Simple.